0: inspired by, there's a passage of scripture in Luke that talks about faith of a mustard seed. Um, John, do you want to put up, you might have to, well, the graphic, I don't have the graphic up there. Um, If you guys saw it on Instagram and Facebook or Snapchat, you can see on the tip of a finger a little seed, right? And that is a mustard seed. It's super tiny. So, Luke 17, 5 through 6. Go ahead. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, such a funny word. (laughs) Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Yes. Thank you, Jada. (laughs) give me the mic though you want to mute (laughs) her Yep, muted (laughs) thank you Seth (laughs) oh that was great yeah I muted it don't worry faith of a mustard seed look to your neighbor and say where's your faith I like what the notes in my study Bible had to say about this. Erica, it would be your study Bible, too. The notes in your study Bible on this verse. I'm just saying, it's there, so you can read it. So, here's what my study Bible has to say about this passage. It says, Jesus' reply indicates that even a very small amount of faith. You guys listening? You guys paying attention? Wait. Just like my kids do to me. <laughs> wait. Uh, I can't wait. <laughs> yes, we did. Jesus' reply indicates that a very small amount of faith, if it is genuine trust in God, can lead to remarkable results. That's good, right? Your faith is capable of remarkable things. It is. Right. it. Faith capable of amazing stuff. Your faith. All of your faith here. If it's genuine trust in God, it is capable of doing the impossible. It's just a matter of where it's placed. Okay? Faith in God is well placed. Your age, your experience, it's not a factor to God. He doesn't look at your age and go, nah, they can't do anything. Titus, you're too young. I can't use you until at least you have a beard. (laughs) It's not a thing, okay? (laughs) He's not looking at you and going, you don't even even have a job yet. (laughs) How am I supposed to use you? God's not saying that. Maybe the world's saying that to you guys. Maybe people in this world are saying that to you. But God does not look at your life and go, you have no experience. You have no experience at all. You're not old enough. You're too young. You can't do anything for me. No, it says in his word that he's looking for people who are willing and obedient. Just people who are willing to step up to it and say, use me, I'll do it. I'll trust you. Katie used a song that was all about it. Jesus, I trust you. Trust in God is what is going to make the difference in moving a mulberry tree, a mountain, which is what one of the other Gospels talks about. Today we're talking about Joseph, like I said. Joseph, do you guys know how old Joseph was when he shows up in the Bible? No. How old was Joseph when we start hearing about him? Technically he was a baby. (laughs) Ah, John got it. (laughs) But when we actually start hearing about his story unfolding, where he was a main character. Right. I'm not trying to use terminology you guys use. <laughs> yes, Anna. 17. Yes, he was 17. In Genesis 37 you'll find that. I think it's verse 1 of Genesis. Genesis 37. Yes, Jada. I think he's a great guy and he's a good friend. Yeah. But this is not relevant at all to my subject. No. I'm not at all talking about anything pertaining to her other than her having faith just like you no other than sunday morning no i I check your age at the door <laughs> that's where your age is relevant okay <laughs> no <laughs> you're really being distracted you're being distracted okay genesis thirty seven Who's got their Bibles? Turn to Genesis. This is where we're going to be most of the time. Okay? Most of the time tonight. Joseph was 17. How many of you are at least within two years of that? Raise your hand. I think you're confused. (laughs) There's a few of you. Yes. Yes. Last time I checked 17 is the age of a teenager, right? It's one of the ages of a teenager. Joseph is given some amazing dreams from God. Now, Joseph's interpretation of these dreams is a little not uh God's interpretation. <laughs> When we start to read about him, he is 17, but he's not, that's not all there is to know about his life that's important to this story. He's the second youngest of 12 brothers. That's a lot. So he's got a lot of older brothers, okay? He is, he's got 10 older brothers, okay? How many of you have seen the show Home Improvement? Raise your hand. Anybody? How many of you know what that show is? Anyone? You guys know it? So in this show, there's two older brothers and the youngest brother, they're constantly picking on him, tricking him, pulling practical jokes on him, freaking him out, putting fear in him all the time. They're just constantly railing on him. You can go check it out. That's a fair question. <laughs> you can read about it in in the Bible, really. I mean, <laughs> but it, it says that here's the deal. He was the favorite of his dad, and the reason why he was the favorite, he brings up a good point. How old was he? His dad. He was his favorite because it says in the scripture that he was the son of his old age. He was his dad was super old when he had Joseph. There was this, uh, a son that was after him too, but with Joseph, it was like uh, it's implied that there was this huge gap between him and his other brothers. And this miracle child shows up. You are a miracle child. <laughs> that's what. The, <laughs> that's the uh, movie by DreamWorks. Yep. Anyways, he is the favorite of his dad. Now, how do you guys think that goes over with his older brothers? Do you think when you When somebody's the favorite in the family, do the siblings enjoy that? No. Doesn't go over well with them. Everyone knows he's the favorite, okay? His older brothers treat him horribly. They hate him. Like, truly hate him. So much so that they actually wanted to kill him. But then eventually, at some point, they get some conscience it says, well, maybe let's just sell him into slavery. That's not as bad. <laughs> Which really, the only thing worse there could be was him being killed. <laughs> so in Genesis 37, 3-8, we read about this. It says, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children. <laughs> it's just a terrible statement. <laughs> as a parent, I'm like, gosh, that's awful. Because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph. Which was just the way for his brothers to have ammunition on him. They right? see him waltzing around with this robe all the time. And they're like, oh, thanks for reminding us who you are to us all the time. This is, but his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them is understandable, right? Doesn't make it right. It's understandable. They couldn't say a kind word to him. You guys ever been so mad at your sibling that you're like, I can't even. Nothing is gonna come out of my mouth if I talk to you right now. But in the words of Bambi, if you got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at right? all. <laughs> well, it's in Bambi the movie. That's what I'm saying. What? <laughs> his brothers hated joseph so verse 5 one night joseph had a dream and when he told his brothers about it they hated him more than ever listen to this dream he said we were out in the field trying tying up bundles of grain suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. There's an exclamation point on this, which implies he's pretty excited about what he's saying, right? He's not saying this all mopey. His brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? We never hear Joseph's response. (laughs) They hated him all the more because of his dreams. And the way he talked about them, Joseph is not making friends with his brothers, is he? <laughs> so who wants to read the next passage here? Come on over here. I mean, my mom might want to read it, but she's not here, so I guess we'll settle for Riley. <laughs> so, right here, we'll do this passage here. Okay. okay. Genesis thirty-seven nine through eleven. <coughs> Soon Joseph, oh, okay, something like really weird, okay, anyway, soon Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brothers about it. listen, I have had another dream, he said, the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars, hold on, my spit <laughs> bowed low before me. this time, he told me <laughs> the dream to his father as well as his brothers. But his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that? He asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? <laughs> but while well, his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his fathers wondered, w- wondered what the dreams meant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did, uh, did yes, that? yes. <laughs> I think. You guys aren't getting on my uh, good side here, okay? Hey, you guys want to be able to do this again sometime? Let me be able to trust you. <laughs> do what? I'm not here to say those words. I'm here to say these words. I'm not, I'm not discussing this. No, stop, please, Jada. So we don't exactly know how Joseph said this to his brothers. Okay, we don't know specifically the way that he phrased it. Was he was he really arrogant about it? We can make some implications though, based off of some things. Okay, one thing, he's a teenager. <laughs> That'll give us a good <laughs> good hint of how he talked to his ten older brothers about his two dreams regarding his brothers bowing to him. Another is. That he's the favorite of his father. Do you guys think maybe his ego was a little inflated? No? Yes? No? Come on. Only my leaders? How would you guys talk to your older siblings if you had a dream about them bowing to you? How would you do? I mean, even your younger siblings, anyone in your family, you have this dream, you wake up, you're like... That's a cool dream. (laughs) I want that one again. And it happens again. (laughs) Literally, he gets this dream twice, right? Now, what do his brothers think? They hate him. They hated him the first time he said it, they hated him before he said it. And then the dream happens. They hate him all the more. He gets it a second time, and that's enough. No more. I've had it with this guy. His brothers, this is what they end up doing. After his brothers hear this dream twice, okay, he gets thrown into slavery by his brothers. He's going off to his brothers that are working out in the field, and they see him coming because he's wearing that stupid robe of his and see him from a mile away. (laughs) He's wearing this robe that is so blatantly obvious, (laughs) okay? If there were planes then, they would think he's a landing strip, okay? (laughs) And so, right? So he's showing up, and his brothers are like, here's this dreamer. Let's do something about it. Who here is sick of hearing him? Just not even hearing about him, but hearing him. You're sick of this voice? You're sick of his sight? Let's get rid of him. So they plan to kill him. And then, nah, maybe let's not kill him. Let's just make it look like he died and then sell him into slavery. So at least, you know, we didn't commit one of the great commandments. (laughs) We didn't murder the guy. Even though the commandments hadn't showed up yet. Well, they at least know death, killing somebody is not okay. An innocent person, specifically. Innocent blood being shed by your hand is very, very terrible. It's not okay. So they're like, fine, we won't do that. And they sell him into slavery. So he ends up in slavery for 11 years, okay? He ends up in slavery in Egypt. This group of people who are Ishmaelites, who are descendants of Ishmael, who was another son of Abraham, okay? These people are coming along. They grab him. They get money for him, and they are heading to Egypt, and they sell him to Egypt because they're like, "We'll make some money off of this guy. And he ends up in slavery for 11 years in this house, okay? So he ends up being somebody of pretty important status in this home, though, because he does such A great job of whatever he's told to do he he doesn't complain he just does what he's told to the best of his ability he does everything with excellence and it gets his master's attention his master's like man this guy's pretty awesome so he puts him in charge of everything in his home except for his wife (laughs) and his wife shows up and she wants him to be in charge of him (laughs) basically His wife shows up and she keeps trying to get him to sleep with him. But he refuses. Like, absolutely not. How can I do this to God as well as my master? He's given me everything in charge of him. How could I do this to him? But she keeps pushing it. And then he runs away and then she accuses him of raping her, Or at least trying to. And so he wrongfully gets accused of this. He gets thrown into prison. Now he's in prison for two years. Part of that time I mean, can you imagine? He got sold into slavery 13 years ago. How many of you here are 13? Jordan, no you're not. (laughs) How many of you here are at least 15? Or younger? Right? Imagine. That's a long time, right? Your brothers, they just did you wrong, right? (laughs) And... At this point, I could imagine these dreams that he had, he's like, man, that had to have been me. (laughs) I had to have been thinking just about myself and having this dream that I want to be in charge. And I want my brothers to respect me, care about me, and bow to me and do anything I say. I want some power. And we don't know all the details, but we at least know he goes through so much. Before his dream ever actually happens, His dream does happen. But what he thinks about his dream. And what his brothers and his father think about his dream. Isn't really what the dream was all about. It wasn't about his position. It wasn't about their lowly position to him. It was all about making a difference in the world. And we see this with Joseph. After he is. Out of prison. So eventually, he gets out of prison because he is asked to go interpret the dreams of Pharaoh. Now, he made an interpretation of his own dream years ago, over a decade. And it hasn't happened yet. But there's some people that were in prison with him that he interpreted their dream. And it all goes exactly the way he says it will. Two dreams specifically. It's like there's pairs for every single (laughs) dreaming. Two dreams for him, two dreams in prison, and then two dreams that Pharaoh gets. And these two dreams Pharaoh gets is not good. It's a warning. It's, It's something that God's trying to warn the people and use Joseph in the midst of this tragedy. How many of you guys had some dreams last year? Any dreams? Like, now I mean, you might have had some physical dreams, like you went to bed, you woke up, and you're like, "Wow, that was weird." <laughs> maybe that was pizza, <laughs> or maybe you had aspirations, you had plans, you had things you wanted to do. You're like, "Man, I want to do this this year." Maybe you guys had those. How many of you guys had some dreams that maybe didn't happen last year? Anyone? Anyway? What's so funny? She's not uh, She's not that funny. <laughs> she's joyful. <laughs> now, I'm, I would say, if you're not dreaming, you're not living, okay? <laughs> we should all have dreams. I mean, you should have dreams at night. It would imply you actually are getting good sleep <laughs> if you're not. You're not really getting very good sleep. I mean, that's what science says, at least. (laughs) But if you're not having goals in your life, if you're not having desires, things that you're aiming for, things that you want in life, then you just kind of live in life day after day. eh, Just go to school. Just go to work. Go to bed. Do it all over again. (laughs) That doesn't sound like living, right? For Joseph, he has these dreams, and year after year, and pain after pain, suffering after suffering goes by, and he's got nothing. There's no actual insight, expectation of this thing actually happening. (laughs) Nothing's happening, okay? Going into the new year, do you have dreams? Do you have desires for 2024? Do you have things you want to see happen in your life? Do you have goals in your life? Do you have plans you're aiming for? Desires? Now here's my question in regards to that. What are they all about? Are they about you? Or are they bigger than yourself? Are they about your life? Are they just about me? Or do they go beyond yourself? Because with Joseph... How did he interpret his dream? How did his brothers interpret his dream? It's all about Joseph. Just again, it's just a painful reminder. He's the only one that's really important. (laughs) He's the royalty. We're all just a bunch of chumps. They're going to battle him one day. (laughs) He's interpreting his own dream, which was given by God. Okay? Dream was God-given, but his interpretation of it was all selfish. It was all about himself. His brothers, it was all selfish. God-given dreams, they're not meant to be about you. They're bigger than yourself. Is it all about you, or are you thinking beyond yourself? Joseph ends up discovering 22 years later what his dream is really, truly all about. He ends up discovering the real meaning behind this thing. Even after he has these interpretations of dreams that are spot on. Nails it. There's a cupbearer, and then there's the baker in prison with him. He interprets their dream exactly. One of you, you're going to die. <laughs> the other one, you're going to get promoted. It's going to be great. This is exactly what happens. <laughs> to the shame of one of them. <laughs> pharaoh he gets his two dreams seven years of plenty and seven years of famine that's exactly what ends up happening and then his brothers end up showing up genesis 45 verse 4 through 8 i'm going to read this one at this point joseph meets his brothers (laughs) what would you guys do 22 years passed. <laughs> 22 years your brothers whom you despise all the pain they put you through for 22 years. Now fortunately not all 22 years was complete pain for him. A lot of it was. There was so much pain throughout that. At this point, he sees his brothers. He recognizes them. They have no idea who he is. (laughs) So he starts messing with them. He starts playing around with them. I mean, like, really messing with them. Tormenting them. (laughs) Like, for real. And then he's, really, it's all coming because he himself is being tormented with his own emotions that he's dealing with. He's wrestling with these thoughts. How do I handle this? What do I do? I just want to kill these guys. At least you want them to pay and suffer. And I've got all the power to do it. <laughs> so at this point, he sees his brothers, and eventually he comes clean. He reveals himself and who he is. Genesis 45, 4 8, it says, Please come closer. This is what he says to them. So they came closer. Can <laughs> you imagine? He's just like, Come closer. Okay? I don't want him I don't want to not listen to him because he's got a lot of power and he could do something to me. <laughs> but I also don't really want to be close to him because he's got a lot of power and could do something to me. He said again, "I am Joseph, your brother whom you sold into slavery in Egypt." Right before this, he says, "I'm Joseph." And they're like, "What?" <laughs> but they can't even talk. They're so speechless. Which it was kind of funny because they couldn't even say a kind word to him before, right? And <laughs> now they can't talk again. <laughs> I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. He's like, okay, that narrows it down pretty good. We've <laughs> only done that to one person. But don't be upset. And don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. Well, that's comforting. <laughs> you should be angry with yourself. But I'm telling you, don't worry about it. It was God who sent me here, ahead of you. Now here's the the dream. Here's what it's all about. To what? What was it all about? You guys reading it? Who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. His dream wasn't about him. It was never about Joseph. But don't be upset. Go to the next one. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years. That's not comforting. (laughs) And there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. He keeps going. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. Which, crazy thing is, God sent him ahead of time to even save the Egyptians. Who were in turn going to put all of their distant relatives into slavery for 400 years. Which is exactly what his brothers did to him. Y'all right there? Did you get it? No? God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. That puts his whole 22 years into perspective. (laughs) He suddenly gets revelation. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. So I ask you again, who was his dream about? Was it about Joseph? No. His dream was never really truly about him. Now there's, God knew exactly what his brothers were going to do. He's like, I know precisely how to get this thing moving in motion the way I need it to go. (laughs) Give it to the arrogant younger brother, to his prideful older brothers, (laughs) who will be real mad at him and throw him exactly where I want him to go. How did he get rid of them? Do they get rid of Joseph? No, they don't. (laughs) Next week's going to be all about forgiveness. (laughs) Just kidding. So, his dream isn't about him. And here's, here's the deal. With you guys, the dreams you've been given, things that you have on your heart, I ask you, is it all about you? Or is it about more than you? Because if it's about more than you, that's a God dream. If it's about you, that's your own. Joseph took God's dream and tried to make it all about himself. For me, there was a point in my life, I was a teenager too. And for me, I just wanted to live for myself. It was all about me. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to, I wanted to play bass in it metal band, (laughs) I'll be honest, (laughs) but I just wanted to do something for me, but I would say, you know, God, I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing, I'll, I'll, I'll play music for you, and at one point, God had this conversation with me, he's like, did you ever consider asking me what I want you to do with your life, did it ever occur to you to talk to me, instead of just get your own picture of what you think I want for you, what I desire for you, and actually ask me, God, what do you want me to do with this life you've given me? Because life isn't meant to be lived for yourself. It goes way beyond you. And when you live a life for yourself, you end up empty. You end up regretful. Wish you would have made a lot of changes. That's what happened with a certain person that we see in Ecclesiastes, chapter 2. He brings this into picture. And the, the whole book of Ecclesiastes is this old man basically saying, life, if you live it for yourself, it's a waste. If you're living it for you, it's nothing. You might as well have never lived. In Ecclesiastes 2, 9 through 11, it says, So I became greater than all who had lived in Jerusalem before me, and my wisdom never failed me. How many of you guys would like that? (laughs) Anything I wanted, I would take. You guys listening? Avery? Valerie? Anything I wanted, I would take. He had complete power to have whatever he wanted. And nobody would be able to tell him no. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work. That's honorable, Right? You think, yeah, that's pretty good, I guess. At least he wasn't just hanging out at the bars all the time. <laughs> he actually worked hard. A reward for all my labors. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless. It was pointless. There was nothing to it. Like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. Have you guys ever chased the wind? Why? (laughs) Did did you accomplish anything? Did you catch it? (laughs) Here is what life is meant to be lived for, okay? At one point, he he eventually comes to a conclusion, and I'm not going to share that, because we have an even greater perspective now with Jesus coming. Listen up, listen up. Forget the chasing after the wind, Caitlin's then. Okay. <laughs> Second Corinthians five fifteen, it says, He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life. This is all about Jesus, okay? Those who receive his new life will no longer live for who? John, you don't have it up there? John. <laughs> it will no longer live for themselves. Everyone say themselves. We're not meant to live for ourselves. Instead, they will live for Christ. Who died and was raised for them. Your life is not all about you. And I know it's really, really, really difficult for teenagers to grasp that. Because you're trying to figure out even who you are. (laughs) You're like, I thought everything was about me. guys ever thought that don't answer that (laughs) life is so much bigger than you so much greater than you and when you read the bible you get that into perspective you begin to see wow i am such a small part of this world it should be humbling that god even wants to use me because he has no reason to (laughs) other than he's great He loves you. He's gracious. He's full of mercy, compassion. He's amazing. Life is meant to be bigger than your life, just you. And a life that's lived for you is not a big life, it's so small. And the people that live those lives at the end of their days, they either have regrets and wish they made different choices, or no one's at their funeral. It's one or the other. Neither of them are good. (laughs) Life was given to you as a gift to be shared. As a gift to give. And that's what Joseph found out. This life is not really even about me. But if God wants to use me to make a difference in in this world, sure. That'll at least make my life mean something. And for you guys, young faith, is capable of moving mountains. Is capable of doing incredible things. You don't have to wait until you're myself. You don't have to wait till you're Brandon. You don't have to wait till you're John Kinzel. Tim, who preaches on Sundays. You don't have to wait decades. Okay? For Joseph, he was 17 when God's like, I could use that. <laughs> no, he had to wait years to get some things worked out of him. But God... Wanted to use him. Are you willing to say yes to him? Eventually Joseph came to the realization. God wants to do this. Great. I'll do whatever he wants. And I'll do everything to the best of my ability. To make a difference. The last thing. This is what we're going to talk about. Are your dreams all about you? Or are your dreams bigger than you? Are your dreams all about getting yourself to the top? I want to be the best on my team so that I can just look at everyone and say, Suck it. (laughs) You want to hear me say that on Sunday? (laughs) Or are your dreams about, I want to have influence so I can influence people towards Jesus? Get them to be people who aren't living for themselves either. Because I live for myself and I got nowhere. It was a waste of time. God has dreams for you guys. The question is if you're listening to them or interpreting them right. <laughs> and I think you can do that. Let's stand up. Start of a new year. I want you guys to think in your groups. What does God want me to do for this year? What does God have for me so that at the end of the year, I don't look back on it and go, man, I really wasted a lot of time. <laughs> I wasted so much of my life in 2024. What do I really have to show for the last 365 days? 366 this year, yeah. I, leave here. <laughs> yeah, next day. I want you to look at this year. With potential to say, this was the best year yet because it was a life that had meaning and purpose in my steps. To make a difference, to change the world, that my dreams aren't about me. They're about more than me. They're about what God wants for me and what God wants for this world, which He wants to use you to do something in. Amen? All right. I'm going to pray, and then we'll get in groups. Leaders can come up. I'll pray quick. God, we thank you that you think of us, that you keep an eye on us. You you help us do better. (laughs) With Joseph, you, you worked out the junk that was buried deep. Hey, Mose, Jada, I'm literally praying right now. But you're talking, so other people aren't listening. Shh. Okay? God, we thank you that your dreams for us are great not because we're great because you have great things for this world for the people who are willing to say yes i will follow you our lives are no longer meant to live for ourselves but meant to live for you help us to do it In jesus name amen